Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for gathering us together again unto yourself. We ask in every life present in this place, my Father, that you do that which eyes have not seen, do that which ears have not heard, do that which has not even begun to enter into the heart of man. Honor, glory, dominion, and majesty be given to you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. Last week, we rounded up a series, um, the series on altar, the meeting place. Altar, the meeting place. And, and like we did in the first worship experience, we are encouraging everyone to please um, get the CD, get the CD of, of, of that teaching and listen to it over and over again. You can download it on your um, devices for free, of course, and listen to it over and over again um, because it is really, really um, going to change your life. And faith comes by hearing and, and hearing by the word of God. And, and, and I did say last week that as, as your pastor, the best gift I can give you um, is not to pray that God will give you a miracle and God gives you a miracle. When, when that happens, that's a gift. That's great. That's fantastic. But that's not the best gift that I can give you as a pastor. The best gift I can give you is to ensure that your connection with God is intact. That you have a clear, cut, intact connection with God yourself. So the best thing that can happen to you is for your connection to God to be intact. That's the best thing that can happen to you. For your, the connection that you have with God to be intact. And, and today, we are just going to take off from there. And we are looking at divine companionship. Everybody say divine companionship. Divine companionship. Companionship with the divine, with God. Divine companionship. And since connection is so, so important, it would be good to explain the three C's of connection. And the three C's of connections are, number one, the cross. The cross. That's the first C. The cross is where we start from with God. You have to experience the cross of, of Jesus, the cross of Calvary. You, it's at the feet of the cross that our lives becomes changed. It's at the feet of the cross that we encounter Christ. So the first C is the cross. The, the second C in a connection with God is communion. It's a communion with God. Communion with God. And the third C is companionship. Companionship. The first C is the cross. The second C is communion. And that's what the altar is about. I mean, that's what building your altar is about. Communion with God. And the third C is companionship. Everybody say companionship. Companionship. So if, if, if you... If you, if you 
um, pray on your personal altar, you experience God, and you live from there, and you cannot cultivate or live with the presence of God, there's a problem. Or if you come to church and you experience God on a Sunday, and on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, your life is devoid of the tangible presence of God, there's a problem. God wants to walk with you. God wants to be in companionship with you. And that is the key to triumphant living as a, as a believer. So today, we are focusing on divine companionship. The last three weeks, you could call that divine communion. <laughs> Altar. Divine companionship. Our text is Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Amos 3.3. 3. Amos 3.3 3 in the New King James Version says, Can two walk together unless they are agreed? It's a question, actually. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? So we immediately see the, um, the key to companionship. The key to companionship is agreement. The key to companionship is agreement. The fact that two people are in agreement will empower them to sustain their companionship. So, there can be no companionship without that. Without agreement, it can't be. And, and if you even look at you know, the basic structure of, of marriage, the reason the divorce rates are high is simple. People cannot work together because they don't agree. They had communion. Obviously, because in a lot of those cases, they, are, they have children, so there would be some mingling and communion that have happened, but they could not sustain their companionship. Why? Because there is disagreement. So, so if there is no agreement, praise the name of the Lord. It is a problem. And if you look at the, the causes of, of disagreement, you know, I've, I've highlighted three of such. The causes, three causes of disagreement. The first one is failure to even meet. Failure to, to meet. The, the GNT translation of Amos 3.3 says, Do two people start traveling together without arranging to meet? Do two people start traveling together without arranging to meet? So, meeting and deciding to go together is, is, is a key thing. Back to marriages. So marriages, there are two people living in the same house, but they are just flatmates. They are flatmates. They don't meet. They're flatmates. And with God, it's the same. The fact that we've agreed or we've decided to marry, we must agree to 
<laughs> meet. So it's, it's one thing to decide to get married. It's another thing to agree to meet. So the fact that we are going in the same direction, marriage, doesn't mean we have to go together. There are Christians that we are going to heaven. But we are not going together. Oh, yes. We are not going together. Someone says to me, oh, I'm a believer, I'm a believer, I'm female, so I can marry any man that once is a Christian, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry, no, you can't. If you try it, you will discover that you can't. You can't just marry anybody. Because it's a Christian. No, 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 no. Two cannot work together except they are what? Except they agree. So the first, if the first problem of disagreement is failure to meet. The second problem of that causes of disagreement is, is not agreeing in the course of the direction. In other words, we have decided to work together, but we do not agree in the course of direction. So Two people want to work together, but one person says, I'm going to Ekwe. Another person says, I'm going to VI. And they hold hands and they want to go together. What will happen? One hand we have to give way. If they insist on holding hands, one hand we have to give way. The NLT translation says, can two people work together Without agreeing on the course of direction? Can two people work together without agreeing on the course of direction? So with God, it's the same thing. The, the, the reason a lot of us struggle to have companionship with God is because God wants to go in one direction and you want to go in another direction. Say to your neighbor, are you agreeing with God? Say to another person, another person, are you agreeing with God? I'm trying to wake up a lady that is dozing. This is blowing on her head. And her neighbor is not helping. Her neighbor is ignored. I'm talking to somebody else. Now, talk to somebody else. I say, <laughs> are you agreeing with God? <laughs> say, sister, I know you're very cool. How can somebody sleep in this kind of place? Anyway, God will help everybody in Jesus' name. Say amen, say amen, say amen. So, agreeing on the course of direction. It's, it's so key. And you see, and that's why in marriages, God knows that there's going to be conflict because you have two human beings, two full-fledged human beings coming together. So, everybody has his own idea. Sometimes, they, they, they are not in sync. But you see, the way God set things up is such that we don't have to see eye to eye on every issue before we can walk hand in hand on crucial issues. And God has set it up that it works in an orderly way. God says when it comes to the marriage, the husband is the head of his wife. So, if there's a conflict in direction issues, husband says, I want to go to VI, wife says, I want to go to Ekpe. Whose direction 
should take precedence? The husbands. But in some homes, they do democracy. Or turn by turn. It doesn't work like that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. You know, I was sharing the first your experience how in my marriage, I mean, of course, my father, I said to people, my father, we don't agree on, on many things. Oh, we don't. And I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem with it. For instance, should I tell you a few things you don't agree on? <laughs> he feels... I should have my bath three times a day. And I say, why? Is once not okay? Twice, maybe. Not three times. It's a minor. It doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. And I can go on and on and on and on and on. Even how we relate to God is different. When we pray, I can, if we pray for one hour, I can pray in tongues for 45 minutes out of the one hour. My wife is the opposite. I don't know how they do it. Talking to God, you understand it. And she will go on and on and on and on. She will pray in tongues for go on and on. I said, pray in tongues more now. <laughs> we don't agree on that. And I can go on and on and on on things we don't agree on. But it doesn't matter. We are happy. Because I respect our views, you respect my views, and we live on. But when there are conflicting directional issues, there's no question which side we are going to take. None. So, Pastor, are you a dictator? No. It's not dictatorship, it's theocracy. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple, straightforward. Two cannot work together unless they agree. So when there's a conflict in agreement, which agreement do we agree on? The husband's agreement. But of course, as long as it doesn't contravene the word of God, if it contravenes the word of God, then you don't agree. Is that okay? I tell my wife that. You don't, have, don't agree. If I, anything, I don't even, I will never do that. But if I do, disobey me. <laughs> Third cause of disagreement, harmony issues. Harmony issues. Harmony issues. If two people cannot live in harmony, then it's going to be an a problem of companionship with God. If you cannot live in harmony with God, you can't work with God. If you cannot live in harmony with your siblings, you can't be in companionship with them. In Exodus 33, verse 3, God was speaking to Moses about the children of Israel. God was saying, go, I'm not going to go with you. Moses said, please go with us. Eventually, Moses prevailed on God, and God changed his mind and went with them. But God said something crucial in verse 3. Of Exodus 33, God said, go up to this land that flows with milk and honey. I will fulfill my promise, but I will not travel along with you, among you. 
For you are a stubborn and a rebellious people. If I did, I would surely destroy you along the way. Wow. God is saying to the Jews, I can't be in companionship with you. Because if I do, I will break your neck. You are stiff-necked people. And you have to say to, to yourself, it's a question that should bother you. Am I a stiff-necked person? Am I, when it comes to God, am I stubborn and rebellious? And if you are, you need to change today. Why? Because you need God to be with you. I'll show you in the first worship experience that by the grace of God, by the grace of God, there is no instruction God has given me that I have not obeyed. There's nothing God has told me to do that I have not done. Sometimes, is it difficult? Yes. But by the grace of God, there's nothing. By the grace of God, there's no seed God has told me to sow that I have not sown. There's nothing that I have that God has said, give this away, that I've held back. Not one thing. I can't look back at anything in my house and speaks to my disobedience. None. Doesn't even exist in my bank account. None. That's the secret of consistently working with God. Of course, sometimes, you know, this can be unsettling. Because God will stretch you many times beyond your limits. Why? So that he can come through. But God said to the Jew, concerning the Jews, I am not working with you. Why? Because you are a stiff-necked, you are a rebellious, you are a stubborn people, set of people. God has given you an instruction to do A. In your little brain, you are saying, Ah, God, how can I do A now? If I do A, you know that uh, it won't add up. So, God, you know, let us uh, come on. Where's this thrill of? Of your father, God, saying do something and you do it and you're expectant. And let's see what God is up to. Don't you know that if God says you do something, he's setting you up for something bigger? Obviously. Let me give you, give you an example. You know, the second service, you people are more spiritual. <laughs> I give more examples in second service. Let me give you an example. I was driving. My wife's car. And we also illustrate to you how we work in my home. I was driving my wife's car at the time. One cute little car. Which she bought with her money. Brand new with her money. I didn't contribute to one cobble. And I saw a lady under the sun sweating. We're coming from church. Waiting to catch a bus. And I said, oh my goodness, I wish I had... A I mean, God, give me money now. I'll just buy this lady a car. Is that not a good thing? So I said, God, give me money now. i just buy this lady a car. You know what God said? Give her the car you are driving. And you know what I said? 
while driving. But before I made the turn, you know what I said? I said, okay, I'll give up. No stories. Listen, I drove into the estate of Stain. Some of you have shared this with you some time ago. And before driving into the estate, I noticed a car, I think it was a 505. It was, the guy was chasing me. And I was dodging, I was dodging. You know, how someone, this guy is really chasing me. You know, I'll dodge, I'll dodge. So when I entered the estate, I said, okay, at least there should be some respite. And he entered also. And, you know, you had to slow down because of some bumps, and he just blocked me. I said, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. I said, okay, pastoral thing. But we just finished church now. Did you hear the word? Are you following me up and down? So I packed, and he packed. Long and short, he gave me five million naira. Yeah, clap, clap. It's good to clap. Now, 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 listen. May you not run away from your blessings <laughs> as a first prayer point. And I said to my wife, this car, God said, I should give this person. Guess what she said? Okay. There's some women, you know what they do? My car! Why don't you give her your car? Which is your money inside this car? Nothing like that. Nothing like that. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It is so important that you get this right with God. Now, come on. This is just ordinary car. Ordinary car. It's ordinary. Say ordinary car, say ordinary car, say ordinary car. It's ordinary. It's nothing. Harmony issues. God says these people are stubborn. If there's some people, God says, oh, give this, say, ah, no, God, I can't. Oh. You know, no, 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 no. You can't look for somebody else to do it. And guess what? You will look for somebody else. And the person will do it. Who's lost? Eh. Straightforward. And in divine companionship, there are, there are three aspects. Three aspects of divine companionship. Now I'm trying to remember. Did it happen the same day? No, I don't know. I can't remember. If it was another day I was driving that somebody blocked me and gave me the check, I don't know. But it doesn't matter. Does it matter? Okay, good. I just want to be sure that I'm not. Give me false information. But those two things happened. Three aspects of divine companionship. When it comes to companionship, there are three aspects. Divine companionship, there are three aspects. The first aspect is walking before God. Everybody say walking before God. Walking before God. In Genesis 17 verse 1, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. The Bible says that when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then, there was a then. Then. 
then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. I will, you will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham, but your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now this was Abraham. Before now, God had promised Abraham, I will give you a child. You're not just a child. You become a father of many nations, right? God has said to him, I'll make you great. I'll make you a great nation. And on and on and on and on. But Abraham was full of his own antics. Very cunning, lies at the slightest opportunity. He entered the city with his wife. He says to his wife, you know, when he asks you, say you are my sister. You, you know that scripture? Who said that? Abraham, the father of faith, full of lies. The friend of God. What a CV. Father of faith, full of lies, friend of God. And that's the mix of our, a lot of our lives. We really love God, but we have all sorts of rough edges. And now God is saying to you, like he said to Abraham, I need to take you into this land that I have promised you. Walk before me and be blameless. Get rid of the lies. Get rid of the honey, honey. Get rid of it. Walk before me. And you know the picture that comes to my mind is when we we're, we're going to we're much younger, we're going to the market, and you know you go to market with your grandmother, and you know, and after a lot of us almost getting missing, my grandmother says, "Femi, walk in front of me." You know what that means. You look back, who is there? Mama is there. You have things that are attracting you here and there. You really want to go, but if you try going, what will happen? Boom, on your head, and you realign. And you know, <laughs> I got a picture. Walk before me and be blameless. And be blameless. And you see, the way it is, it is set up is that there is a connection between walking before God and becoming a father of many nations. There's a connection. There's a connection. You see, there's a promise God has for you. I don't know what the promise is. But God is saying, walk before me and be blameless. Then the promise will happen. I say, wow, walk before me. There is a connection between walking before God and walking into the promise. There's a connection. There is a connection. Walk before me and be blameless. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1, the word of God says that because we have this promises. Dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defile our own body 
our body and spirit and let us walk towards complete holiness. Why? Because of the fear of God. So the KJV says, let us perfect in holiness in the fear of God. Holiness can only be perfected in the fear of God. There are two fears of God. There's a, there's a reverential fear of God. I know some people say, oh, that's the fear that God wants us to have, the reverential fear. Yes, I agree. But God also wants you to have the terrible fear of God. There are two fears. Reverential fear, terrible fear. Reverential fear, terrible fear. The fear that will make you live a holy life is the terrible fear of God. The reverential fear of God does not make you live a holy life. It makes you enjoy the promises of God, but it does not make you live a holy life. Those of us that are parents, we know the drill. You say to your child, don't touch that cup. And the child is going there. He's looking at you. He's gauging. Is he serious? Is she serious? And he's going and he's going and he touches the cup. Doesn't that happen to you? But when you change the tone of your voice, I say don't touch that cup. What happens to the child? Instantly, the child, okay, this guy is serious now. It's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with God. So, the, the, the image of, of, of my grandmother standing and saying, yeah, Femi, work before me, and let's be going in the market, is, is not so much as God being a taskmaster, but being a wise father. It's not because God is a taskmaster. It's because he's a wise father. A wise father. In fact, he said, I am God Almighty. Almighty there means El Shaddai. I am El Shaddai. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. El Shaddai means literally the double-breasted one. It means the, the one that is all-sufficient. Praise the Lord. A woman gives birth to six children. All of them suck the same breast and it has not finished. I mean, that's just the image God is trying to paint to, to us. And he's saying, he, he said to Abraham, I am unsufficient. Walk before me and be, and, be, and be what? Blameless. What he's saying is that everything you need is in me. You don't need to be going up and down. I am all sufficient. Just walk before me so that you can enter the land. Walk before me. Like someone said, you know, many times we don't know that God is all we need until God is all we have. We don't know that God is all we need until God is all we have. Abraham got to 99. It was clear it was God's the only thing he had. And God said to him, I am the only thing you need. I am all you need. Just walk before me. Praise the name of the Lord. Just walk before me. And when it comes to walking before God, the emphasis of walking before God. Okay. Let me do the illustration as I did in the first question experience. Let me use two new set of people. Uh, okay. Fire. She's sleeping. Come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. 
Good, 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 good. Let's clap for them as they come. Now, okay, you guys, okay, fine. She's in front. Okay, let's let's change it. Let's change it down. She goes to go in front so that we don't say that it's only men that are gods. You know. <laughs> she is God. Right? God. Show is in front. God is saying, walk before me. For this relationship to be effective, what must Shehun do to make sure that he can effectively walk before God? Hearing. So the emphasis in, hear, in, in walking before God is what? Hearing. So give God Give him an instruction. God, you have to follow now. People are nice, so if you already want to say, give me an answer, I say, jump on one foot. <laughs> nice people. Yeah, go back to yourself. Let's laugh for ourselves. Let's laugh for them. Now, the, so, so we see that the first service was nice. You take two steps forward. What's that? I says, do frog jump. I'll be a tough god if I were God. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Now, when it comes to walking before God, the emphasis is hearing. God says, walk before me. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Isaiah 30, 21. Isaiah 30, 21. The word of God says in Isaiah 30, 21, says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Where's the voice coming from? Behind. Where is God? Behind. Where are you in front? So the first thing in companionship with God is walking before God. So God is saying to some people here, walk before me and be blameless. Walk before me. In Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3, you can write it down. God said to the Jews, don't ever forget, I took you through the wilderness. I suffered you to hunger. And I gave you manna that your father didn't know about. I did all that to teach you that man does not live by what? By bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the, from the mouth of God. So, so God is saying, the things you are going through, and some of us are going through some difficult patch. God is saying, you are going through what you are going through so that I can teach you that all you need is my word. It's tough. It's very tough sometimes. God is saying, all you need is me. The reason you are going through it is so that you can know that all you need is me. In other words, until you know that all you need is, is me, the season may be prolonged. 
All you need is me. I am the one. It's only my voice that you need. So the emphasis of walking before God is what? Hearing or listening. The second aspect in divine companionship, the first aspect is walking before God. The second aspect of divine companionship is walking behind God. Walking behind God. Jesus says in Matthew 4, 19a, he says, come, follow me. Jesus says, follow me. So what does that mean? If someone says, follow me, what does that mean? You're walking behind him, he's going in front, you're following. When he moves, you move. When you stop, you stop. Deuteronomy 13, verse 8, Deuteronomy 13, 8, the word of God says that you shall walk after. Everyone say after. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. Walking behind God means that as you see God move, you move. It means that you are observing God. It means you are watching spiritually. When he sits, you sit. It means you are following his principles. It means, you are, I mean, that's why, that's why, you know, people have these bracelets and this, you know, stuff, and they have WWJD, you know. Have you, have you seen that before? What will Jesus do? That came from walking behind God. What will Jesus do is, you're like, okay, if Jesus were here, what will he do? Then I will do what he did, right? If Jesus were here, will he do this? No. If Jesus were here, so I won't do it. So I'm walking behind him. If Jesus were here, will he watch this? He won't. So I won't. So I'm walking behind Jesus. And it is the Lord himself that gave us that example in John 5. John 5, 19. And this is very powerful. You know? John 5, 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only, I was the only. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. So Jesus is saying, follow me, I'm following the father. When I see the father do stuff, I do. Then you do. <laughs> Jesus followed God. You should follow Jesus. So that speaks of spiritual alertness, watching what God will do. So the emphasis of walking before God is what? Hearing. Hearing. So the emphasis of walking behind God is what? Seeing, is observing, is observing observing. The third aspect of divine companionship is the first aspect is walking before God. The second aspect is walking behind God. The third aspect is walking beside God or walking with God. Walking 
beside God. Genesis 5.22 talks of Enoch. And it says, Enoch walked with God. 300 years after he began Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. But we must know how to walk before God and how to walk behind God before we can successfully walk beside God. It's like a spiritual progression. You must know how to be accountable to God and how to follow God's pattern and do God's stuff before we can learn how to walk with God. So we must hear correctly and observe accurately before we can walk with God successfully. And that's the key, working with God, of companionship, of spiritual companionship. You and God. You enter your business with God. You go home, who is beside you? God. You are walking in front of God, who is behind you? God. You are walking behind God. Who is in front of you? God. And it's so, it's so beautiful, I mean, to, to have God with us all the time. So I, I need to make a tough decision. And God is beside me. So I cannot be confused. I need to do something. I don't know how it's done. I see Jesus do it. I see how Jesus has done it. I just do what Jesus did. Praise the name of the Lord. People try to harass me and God is behind me. What do I do? I don't get intimidated. No. You gave the example of the cartoon, Tom and Jerry. In first worship experience, Tom, the, um, the, the cat, was chasing Jerry. <laughs> yeah. The mouse. You know that's that cartoon, Tom and Jerry, who doesn't know Tom and Jerry now? Raise up your hand. Let's see those people that need to confess their sins. I don't know. So we all know Tom and Jerry, so we're on the same page. Now, Tom, Tom the cat, was chasing Jerry the mouse down the alley, into the gutter, up the roof, you know, furiously, you know. And all of a sudden, when Jerry took a bend. Tom took the bend with him, with it. I saw Jerry posing, you know, posing on the wall like this. And Tom just paused, you know, he was chasing him. He stopped and looked at Jerry. You know, you've been chasing someone. And the person has been all of a sudden, the person is standing and posing for you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what is going on here? And he was now going slowly. And this guy, I'm going to deal with you today. And slowly and slowly. By the time he get, got close enough, he saw the bulldog. Behind Jerry and the direction of the chase reversed. <laughs> it's the same thing where God is behind you. The things that you have been running away from all of a sudden, you don't run away again. You know why? Because God is, be is behind you. Many times, sometimes, you know, I just wonder, 
Don't you know that God is behind you? If God is behind you, what would you do? Where would you go? Yeah, I think you should begin to go there. Because God is behind you. Someone says, the village. Then go to the village. Because God is where? He's behind you. So when he's, you know, Paul puts it, he says, in him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. It's all to us. The mountains are going to melt before you because God is with, is with you. That's the end of loneliness in your life if you, if you really walk this. End of loneliness. Marriage is not the end of loneliness. No, no, no. There are many married people married but lonely. Sleeping on the same bed with their spouses but totally lonely. I won't ask you to raise your hands. But Jesus will step into that marriage in Jesus' name. Totally lonely. So what's, what's, the, what's the key? The key is the presence of God. It's the tangible presence of God. Pastor, aren't you lonely? Nope. You're not lonely, nope. Lonely for where? Can't you see? Look well. I have a very big God. A very big God by my side. By my side, by my side. In my front and behind. I have a very big God. He's always by my side. A very big God. Why are you fearless? Simple. I'm not alone. Praise the name of the Lord. I am not alone. I was driving some time ago with Pastor uh, Kunle and his fiance, who is now his wife. <laughs> Pastor Morolake, you know them now, Pastor Kunle and Pastor Morolake. They were not married then. So my wife and I, I was driving, my wife was beside. They were behind. You know, when people are not married, I love, you know, all the kurukere. <laughs> you know, so everybody was talking. We were coming, it was about 3 a.m. We were coming. Uh, we just entered Lagos through the toll gate. About 3 a.m. Everybody was talking, chatting, you know, it was just, we're just having fun, you know. I can't remember many years ago now. And as we got past the toll gate, the Lagos Ibadan Express Road toll gate, and got on that bridge, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, keep quiet, let me keep quiet. Now, when God says to you, keep quiet, what do you do? Keep quiet. So I kept quiet. 
So they continue talking. Everyone was talking about that. I didn't know why he said you should keep quiet. Some people God said you should keep quiet. You say why? If it doesn't make sense to me, sorry. Not again in Jesus' name. Say amen. Then, by the time we got to Goodwill, I think, we're surrounded by armed robbers. They are gone to K47. They are stopped to K. They were robbing two cars. They stopped. We were like the second car, the third car. As we got there, of course, fear will first come upon you, right? Like a blanket. <laughs> and God said to me, don't stop. Keep driving. How can you keep driving? When a man with a gun is telling you to stop, how do you keep driving? My legs were shaking physically like this. <laughs> but I kept driving. I was going at least, maybe, you think I would be going at 100 kilometers, right? Because of fear, I was going at about 15 kilometers per hour. Everybody was praying. But my instruction is keep quiet. So I didn't pray. And we went through them. Just like they didn't see us. After the guy said stop, and we didn't stop. And they had like cascades, do you understand? And we went through them, and we drove all the way. And we were not touched. Later, Pastor Maraka would tell me that you were going so slowly. I was like, much of this thing, man. <laughs> I was like, it's not your fault. <laughs> The key thing, what I'm saying is this. Everybody will go through challenges. Everybody, everybody that is born of a woman will go through challenges. What will differentiate you will be the presence of God. The communion and companionship of God. And I pray that as you leave this place, you leave this place to the fresh reality of working with God. And the tangible presence of God will be with you consistently in Jesus' name. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads and pray. I want to talk to God about what you've heard today. Talk to God about what you've heard. For some of us, I mean, it's, it's rocking. It's, 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 I mean, we, we, are, we are trying to wrap our minds around it. Wow. God, so big. And you may be here, you're like, I, I need this divine companionship. I need this divine companionship. My brother, my sister, where you start from is the cross. The cross of Calvary. You're here, you're like, I've never experienced the cross. I need to come to Jesus today. Oh, I used to be with God, but I've, I've backslidden. Now I, I can see clearly. Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. 
I don't need to come forward wherever you are seated. I need to come to the cross. That is me. Put up your hand now over your head. That is me. Pastor, pray with me. I need. I need to make this call. The rest of us, let's talk to God and just say, Lord, I need you. Lord. Oh, yes. Now I, I'm going to I'm going to walk before you. And be blameless. I'm going to walk behind you. And be observant. God, I, I want us to take some time. Just, just let's just let's not rush through this. Let's just take some time. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Thank you for person or the people that have responded to you, Lord. We ask that you cleanse them totally. Lord, the power of the cross, let it prevail in their lives. Let their work with you be real and tangible. Lord, for all of us here, Lord, those of us that you are instructing to walk before you, the grace to step out before you give unto us. Those of us that need to get behind you and watch and just listen and watch, the grace to get behind you give unto us. Those of us that need to come alongside you, Lord, that grace give unto us, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.